Hey, thanks for having me on. So uh, let me ask you, and you know people are desperate for baseball and sports and what have you, considering the fact that when Max Kepler let off that scrimmage with a home run, people were excited and texting me. I mean, that, that pretty much shows you where we're at in society right now. I, it, it is, and it was very nice. Uh, you know, I don't normally take a spring training seriously. Like, I, I hate tweeting anything actual event-wise that happened during spring training just because – it's so pointless, but even this is uh, knocking the uh, curmudgeon, sports curmudgeon out of me here, and, and it's <laughs> super enjoyable. And it was really cool with the uh, crowd effect, uh, crowd noise being pumped in last night, too. Yeah, and I think a lot of people were kind of speculating about that, right, what that would be like, but just a little bit that I caught because I was on the air, obviously. But I think they did a pretty good job with that. Yeah, they did. And, you know, it's funny. I'm going to have something that I write for it. Uh, on Friday, that uh, when we like, they're learning basically. They're they're admitting that this is the first time they've ever done anything like this, and they not only are going to change sort of their their game day experience in the future. I mean, obviously you're you're figuring this out now, but but yeah, they they plan to change how they will do a game based off of one scrimmage on on Wednesday night. They're going to change how they do this in the future even when there are fans in the stands and it's fascinating that the way they they plan to play music a little bit more uh, in between each pitch and stuff like that. Um, you know, you see it in NBA and if you've attended an NBA game, it's, you know, it's unforgettable how different yeah. that is from everything else where there's music and it gets the crowd pumped up. And I think baseball may adapt to this and, the twins are pretty excited about the possibilities um, after even one game, which is crazy. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I never even thought about, you know, between plays and football games, Vikings games, and, you know, even like kind of when they're doing things, when, whenever the, the puck freezes in the NHL, right? Kind of the same thing. Right, so, exactly. Yeah. Huh. So it's going to be kind of fascinating to see what they play out. Um, they're, it's all based off of player interaction. You know, they have their communications director, Dustin Morse, down in the dugout talking to the events crew upstairs in that third deck and relaying what players are saying in real time and, and they're adjusting. So you saw it early on where they, the way they described it is the, uh, the, the bed of noise, the ambient background, which is just uh, a crowd sitting there essentially kind of pre-concert. You know, you hear the people's conversations in the collective noise it makes. That's what they changed. They started with it kind of high. And players basically said midway through the game, hey, let's turn that down and let's turn the reactions up and let's turn the music up. And so it's it's real time and it's kind of a fascinating experiment to see how it plays out. Yeah, it really is. As, as far as what we saw in the field and, you know, when you and I met back in, I guess, uh, late February, early March, a lot of speculation, a lot of anticipation for this upcoming season. So I think when you're kind of seeing the squad come together here, that, that hasn't really uh, waned. We just had, you know, three months to have to wait for it. Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I, I think with Twins fans, there was so much anticipation going into this season based off of Donaldson signing. I mean, we're talking the biggest free agent signing club history, and it was a little late in the offseason, and it wasn't the pitching, I think, that fans wanted. But it didn't change the fact that people were really excited about this team. I mean, you added a, the 2015 AL MVP, and yes, he's a little older, but you've significantly upgraded your defense um, by putting him at third base and moving Miguel Snow to first. And you took a 102-win team and you made it better. And you added around it. You added Kent Maeda. Rich Hill um, probably didn't get the excitement that he is going to have now because he's healthy now. And, you know, this had been March. 
we certainly wouldn't have had that because you had to wait three months for him to come back. But here it is coming up on opening day, and he's had plenty of time to rehab him. This is a really good team. And I think people are kind of just, like you said, hungry for live sports. But when you think about where the Twins should be, and that's easily one of the top five teams in baseball, adds to that excitement. So it should build up. And, um, you know, they've they've had some uh, early on missteps or, or misfortune, I should say. Um, Byron Buxton got hurt there briefly. And, yeah. you know, he's still in question for opening day. Miguel Sano is coming back from COVID-19, testing positive for that, but he was asymptomatic. Will he have enough time for opening day? Those are the two things that have kind of quelled some of that enthusiasm, and I still don't think it's going to hurt them that much because this is such a deep team. Dan Hayes is with us, Twins beat writer for The Athletic. <laughs> Byron Buxton, man, I mean, you, you say maybe not ready for the beginning of the season, but, I mean, that's just kind of par for the course, unfortunately, for this young man. It's been a rough run, and and we were talking to him about it, and he's in that oh no here we go again uh, mentality. Because the the fact of the matter is that I would put him in one of the hardest worker categories in the league. I mean, you see the effort, you see what he comes into camp looking like, and and how much of the physical maturation has gone on the last couple of years, and uh, just how much he's tried to make himself stronger and more durable, and and something pops up like this, and it's really got to be frustrating to be in his shoes just because this was a the wind shifted on him he took a step one way kind of tried to go back the other and got stuck in the ground and he said he heard a little pop in his uh in his his foot and he was extremely concerned and you know fortunately for him and the team it's a mid foot sprain and and nothing more because he was concerned there was structural damage but they ruled out that pretty quickly, and they had an MRI by Monday night that made them feel pretty confident. It wasn't anything major. He went to a foot specialist Tuesday and got the good news and uh, rejoined the team, you know, and has already ditched the walking boot. So he, he says he's going to be ready for opening day. You know, Rocco Baldelli is, is famous for not pushing his guys, and that's got to really be tested here because you have 60 games instead of 162. So even missing three games is is significant. And and so we'll see what wins out there, Byron Buxton's will or Rocco uh, Baldelli's kind of patience on the matter. But uh, we'll learn a lot in this next week for sure. What do you think is going to happen here as far as the pitching? You know, Is pitching going to be ahead of the hitting or vice versa? Or how do you think this is going? Go? And I think for a lot of people, they're hoping that Barrios is really going to step in and be the guy. And But it's going to be harder to know in a shorter season. Yeah, obviously the the one thing that's gotten Barrios in the past is the slump. Right. Um, yeah. You know, he he can't come out of that slump, and and you only have twelve starts, so you you got to hope that you hit on all cylinders early on. And you know, the good part is is he's in great shape. He probably feels extremely fresh. Uh, players have talked about how good he looks right now. Uh, Jake Odorizzi, also you know, big year for him. He's a free agent to be. I, I I feel like the pitching is is in good position right now. Uh, these guys only have to account for about 12 starts apiece. They don't have to conserve for that 32 start season, and and that's a, a good place to be as you're heading into late July. Uh, you're talking about a nice part of the year weather-wise for guys. You don't have to worry about pitching in cold weather and fighting through that and the muscle use for that. Um, I, I think that it's not a bad spot, and when I uh, when you add in Rich Hill, potentially healthy, um, 
man, he's been elite for the Dodgers from 2016 to 2019. I think if you count his four starts for the Red Sox in 2015, he had like a 2-9 ERA over the last five years. Now, he's had trouble staying on the field. Uh, you're only asking him to do 12 starts, and he's a, a very good competitor. You throw in Kenton Maeda, and then you have Randy Dobnak. You have you know Michael Pineda at one point, Homer Bailey. You have all these candidates, a lot of depth. I think the Twins are in a good spot pitching-wise. They have a lot of arms that can go out there and really get them through this challenging first part where starters go five, six innings, uh, just because of the depth they have and guys who can go two, three innings stints. As far as, uh, you know, other offensive powerhouses, you know, bringing in uh, Josh Donaldson in, we knew that was going to be such a big deal. And, boy, they see Nelson Cruz hit another home run. It's it's hard to believe that this team's going to be even more lethal with the lineup than they are, but it's hard not to believe that if all the, the Pistons are in the machine, if you know what I mean. Yeah, Max Kepler said it last week and kind of thought he was joking. He said, you know, I think that if we hit, if we had had a 162, that we would have hit maybe more home runs than last year. And part of that will be dependent on what the ball was like. You know, we don't know if it's going to be the juice ball that it was last year, but the reality is this team could very well hit 270 home runs in 162 games that you, you take a team to hit 307 last year with the juice ball you add Josh Johnson now you lost CJ Crone you lost Johnson's scope but you move Miguel Sano to first in CJ Crone's spot and uh, that that should basically equal out that power the only thing is different you're gonna have Luis Arise hitting more than Johnson's scope did um, and and that's probably 10 to 15 fewer home runs at the minimum so but it's a powerful group across the board. I don't know if Mitch Garver can match last year's 31 home runs, but he doesn't have to. And that's the, the part that's such a good focus for this group. You, you've got all these guys going into their physical primes between Polanco, Buxton, Sano, Rosario, and Kepler. And then you add, you still have Nelson Cruz, who's the ageless wonder. He's homered three days in a row. And you throw Josh Donaldson in that mix. There's just not an easy out. And it's really scary what the power potential of that lineup is. Well, it's interesting, and I think that's the fun part about it, too, is just to kind of the unknowns in a shortened season. I think a lot of people felt that this team was made for maybe a longer season. What's your take on that? I, I, still, I still think they can be explosive in a 60-game schedule. I absolutely do. You're the most talented team in the division, and you're the most talented team in the two divisions that you're going to be playing, and you have the easiest schedule based off last year's records. Um, you know, the Pirates, the, the Royals, and the Tigers are all – not good. Uh, the Reds are better, and their pitching staff's really good, but they they still have some growing to do. And you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they took a leap over there um, this year in NL Central. But I, you know, the Cubs have flaws. The Cardinals have some flaws. Every you look around, the the Twins are the best team between these two divisions. Um, when you think about that, talent is talent, and it should play out over sixty games. It does obviously allow for more randomness. The White Sox might not, their pitching might not be as exposed. I don't, you know, they made some good signings, but I don't like their starting pitching uh, all that much. I like their bullpen. I love their lineup. Um, could they get by for 60 games? I think so. You know, I, I think you can see teams that outperform what they would do over 162 in a 60 game span. So, that's another thing to kind of look for in all this is what team gets hot out of the gate and, and takes charge of the division. It could totally, totally change things over and, and, and stun the twins uh, who are the best team. 
Well, I'm looking forward to it. What's it like covering this from afar? I mean, we, we always like to go in the clubhouse, get interviews. It's my favorite part of spring training to get out of this godforsaken place in the winter and all that. I mean, it's it's going to be weird. To, it, it's got to be a weird thing to be a beat writer right now for the Twins. It does because everything is on Zoom, and we were just talking to a couple players today and, and the manager. The players seem to like Zoom. I, I, it's been some really refreshing, good interviews. I don't know if they like the personal space that comes with it or the lack of camera lights in their eyes, but the players, for the most part, have responded really well to Zoom as they've gotten accustomed to it. So that part's a plus. Missing the clubhouse, obviously, is a negative. Um, uh, the game experience got way better on uh, on Wednesday with the noise. So, I, you know, it's 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 baseball. I'm glad it's back, and, and I think for that reason, it's, it's enjoyable, as strange as it is. Yeah, uh, we I guess six days away from that practice game in Chicago and real games against the White Sox. And I, I just got to say this: I've been on this pedestal as someone who, you know, my grandparents are gone, but those later years, I, I, and my a significant other works at an assisted living place. Man, do these people that the, in these long-term care facilities need Twins baseball? It is just heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. No, it's uh, you know my dad lost uh, my mom in the off season, and he has been needing baseball in the worst way and i'm so happy about the possibility of him having it um it it would i it's just something that's always been there and it's something to do consistently during the great part of the year you associate it with that so i agree with you it's going to be nice to have it back dan thanks so much i enjoy your work and uh, we'll certainly uh get people to try to subscribe to you guys at the athletic and thanks for all you do and thank you for being with us here on kfgo hey thanks for having me on